Your dream has to be more important than your fear of looking like an idiot to somebody else. Every podcast has an opening song. This is ours. It's not very long. Chase, I think our opening song needs to be a little bit longer. I'm singing more of our opening song to intro our show called Behind Two Blondes. Hi, everyone. My name's Chase O'Donnell. And I'm Savannah Brown. Together, we started a comedy duo called Two Blondes. Every week, Savannah and I interview a successful 20-something who is pursuing their passion in an attempt to pick up some pointers of our own and hopefully inspire you to get out there and do the same. So today we are interviewing Brittany Robbins. Yes, we are. She is a young 20-something that is making it in the beauty industry. I mean, not just making it. She is the founder and CEO of Flawless by Friday, based out of Toronto, and she's only 29. What? Like what? Did you know I'm also a CEO? Are you? Really? Elaine O'Donnell. Oh, you're special. You're really <laughs> special. Yeah, I've always been really proud of that. Um, but you can find uh, her stuff in stores all over North America, like Lord & Taylor, Glamour Secrets, Hudson Bay, and her stuff is now being uh, used in salons, or I should say products, not stuff. Um, and she was featured on the shopping channel. I'm thrilled to meet her, and we are so excited to get to know her and learn more about how she became a CEO. Uh, This is actually the first time we're meeting Brittany. Yes, crazy story, but I just got married about three weeks ago, and Chase was my maid of honor. Congratulations! Thank you! And I was on my honeymoon, and I met this guy. Well, not met this guy. She met another man. I met another man. (laughs) Um, No, I met another couple. His name was Jeff, and they were kind of doing their own kind of honeymoon, and he found out about Two Blondes, and he said, I have this amazing girl. You should do a podcast with her, and her name's Brittany Robbins, so that's how we're here today. Yes, yeah. so um, this was just simply word of mouth, and turns out that Brittany is amazing. Amazing. And we're so, so happy to have her on the show. As you know, we love to interview our guest over brunch. So before we get into our interview, Savannah, what's on the menu All right, get today. ready for this. Get ready. Okay. Mushroom and broccoli casserole with a baked crisp pastry. Oh my goodness oh. gracious. Blue Apron, you've done it again. If you would like to enjoy this meal with us, head over to blueapron.com slash two blondes. Spelled T-O-O. And get your first three meals free on us. You're welcome. You're welcome. Hi, Brittany. Hi, Brittany. How are you? (laughs) Good. So good. Thank you for brunching with us. Of Um, course. Thanks for brunching with me. Of course. What? Let's. Should we share what we're all we're all sipping on today? Oh, I'm doing a a skinny vanilla latte. I love it. I'm drinking um, cucumber and strawberry infused water. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Fancy. I'm multi beveraging right now. I have an almond milk cappuccino, a peanut butter and banana smoothie, and kombucha. So many uh, drinks. Oh, that's how you brunch. Oh, that's me every day. I have about three leftover glasses every day on my side table, and my hus- my husband wants to kill me. Is it weird calling him husband now? It is. I'm trying to like <laughs> now say husband instead of fiance. I but love it. I'm Before we it. get started, we just need to mention that, first of all, we're in New York, and it's pouring rain, thundering, storming, and um, Brittany's calling in from Toronto. So we are brunching virtually, and hopefully the sound is okay with the storm and the Skype. So Yeah, it's storming over here too, big time. 
Oh, really? Yeah, it's crazy we're, here. We're headed to Canada on Saturday. And uh, you're headed to New York? Yeah, I'm headed to New York Thursday. But it will be the same weather, so. We're switching spots. Okay. We're switching <laughs> spots. Switching spots. Um, okay, well, let's just dive in to um, your story. Since we obviously, this is really our first time meeting you. We've stalked you a bit. But <laughs> same, same here. <laughs> Can you give us just a little backstory about how you got into uh, beauty products? Yeah, absolutely. I uh, grew up just north of Toronto on a farm as one of five sisters. So I'm number two in the order. And wow. I was always sort of like the in-house makeup artist, hairdresser, esthetician. So if my sisters had an event, I'd always be the one helping them get ready and just sort of fell in love with that, you know, correlation or causation between feeling good about how you look and feeling confident on the inside as well and mm -hmm. sort of how outer beauty can shape an inner confidence and calm. And mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, I mean, I guess being surrounded by girls my whole life, that was, that just became something that I fell in love with and reading all of Bobby Brown's books and having Estee Lauder sort of be my hero always. Like it was just always something I loved but didn't realize could be a career. When did you uh, realize that it could be a career? Probably when I was 23, I was in event marketing and I was really bad at it. Can I say shit? Can I, can I say shit? I don't know. You can cuss as much as you want. Okay. French. I was really <laughs> shitty at it and I couldn't believe that I didn't get fired every day. I like, they'd be like, find the, the, the right curtains for this event. And I'd be like, I don't know anything about design or whatever. So, um, I was talking to a boyfriend at the time and he said, in a perfect world, what would you do? And I said, I would work in cosmetics and I would sort of go about spreading that word of self-confidence and approachable beauty as opposed to unattainable beauty. Sounds kind of specific now, but, um, he sort of looked at me and said, you know, that that's a real career. Like you could really actually make a career out of that. And it wasn't until he said that to me, did I think that it could be something that I could make money off of? And did I think that I would be able to, um, get excited about what I was doing every day as some of the people did about, you know, decor at an event. Wow. From, from that point, did you just, cause we have friends that are kind of trying to get into makeup and beauty. Yeah. Did you just start an Instagram? Cause we're living in a generation where you can just kind of begin. Yeah. How did it, how did you then well, that, go about it? That actually it? came way later. I, uh, as soon as he said that to me, he also said he knew he had a friend at a major cosmetic company and put me in touch with him and we met for coffee and he kind of helped me tweak my resume. And I started, you know, after five interviews, I got a job at that cosmetic company in sort of an entry type level position. Mm -hmm. And, um, realized in my few years working there that there was a hole in the market in terms of um, simplifying and demystifying skincare and beauty, and also in terms of uh, creating products that were event-centric, saved you time, and created a routine. And so, um, you know, being in the industry, I was like, well, if I'm confused about skincare and how to use it, everyone else must be confused. So mm -hmm. that sort of sparked my interest in starting my passion. And, and honestly, starting an Instagram was one of the scarier things because that was like me telling the world that I had an idea and I, you know, was okay with them judging me. Sort well, of. they always say on Shark Tank that um, <laughs> a good product is one that like solves a problem. Mm -hmm. So obviously, if you felt like this was a problem that needed to be solved already, 
if you were applying for Shark Tank, they'd be thrilled. Well, it really, <laughs> I'm so intimidated by Shark Tank, but I have, <laughs> I have thought several times about going on, but oh, it really? was like, it really, what really sparked that push to actually, you know, work with a chemist in Korea and figure out how to develop this product was that I was a bridesmaid five years or five times in one year, which Oh my gosh. It's, it's like, I know you were just a maid of honor mm. <laughs> and it can be really fun, but it can also be a lot of work. Well, and five in one year is too much. It's, it was too much. And I was That's like, I love much. you, but do I love you enough to buy this really fugly dress? <laughs> and so, so I, uh, I was getting ready for all these weddings every few months and I would be doing all of those things that we do, whether it's like a tea detox, going to the gym more, mm. a spray tan, and there just wasn't a quick fix for your skin on the market. So that's when I worked with a chemist in Korea to create the five-day system, which is a different active ingredient each day for five days, which gets you ready for whatever the weekend holds, whether it's your best friend's wedding, a first date, whatever. Chemist in Korea? Is that your question? Chemist in Korea? What do you mean? You just called up a chemist? No, no. I I emailed about 10. Two got back to me and one agreed to work with me based on my idea. I said, this is my idea. These are the ingredients I think will work. And he sort of took my idea and made it a reality. So you just literally were like, I have an idea. Who can help me? Oh, a chemist in Korea. Yeah. Well, I I knew I wanted to do the products in Korea because... Korean skincare is so, in my opinion, so far ahead of North American skincare. And whenever you see a trend there, it sort of appears mm. here two to three mm. years later. So mm. I was like, you know what, what, why don't I just get ahead of this whole thing and start working with them and start having them send me samples and spend, you know, $40 here and there to get these samples until I find something that really works. And because I didn't have a buyer or any interested parties, I had the time to sort of test things and are you still 23 years old? Are you still working at the same That's time? That's what I was oh, just going to We're on the same. Yeah, yeah. Like, how old were you at this point? 23? So I would have been, I guess, 25, 26 at this point. I was a couple years into this job um, in the beauty industry. And, you know, it's bad to say because I wanted to do to be really good at my job at the time. But I also was thinking about my own idea. So I would work on it from like 7 to 8 in the morning and 10 to 11 at night and then work full time. And so... For me, like I, I needed the income um, to live and to pay rent and not move back to the farm with my parents until I got to a point where the concept had come to re- like sort of come to fruition enough that I quit my job and moved in with my grandparents and put wow. 100% into it. When you say full-time job, what was your full-time job at the time? The same one as before? Yeah, it was the one that I had sort of from 23 to 27 or 26, 27 where I was... Um, oh, working with the, the makeup company. Exactly, exactly. Okay, okay. Wow, so you were doing, I mean, in a way, I feel like that's what Savannah and I are doing. We have like, well, we have tons of different side jobs and mm-hmm. then on top of it, trying to create mm-hmm. this brand. If yeah, you but will. I'm living at home. It makes you have more time to actually 100% commit to what you're trying to make happen. But so it's I get, tough. It gets exhausting. Like, were you, did you ever feel like you wanted to just have the simpler life of just having your nine to five and not also trying to start another company of your own? Or did you like the hustle? Honestly, no. Like, it never occurred to me to give up the side the side part because I was working this, I had a great job. And, and it wasn't that I wasn't 
it wasn't that I wasn't happy. It was that I wasn't fulfilled. And as soon as I started working on my own side project, I was a lot happier in my nine to five as well, Mm. because there was other things keeping me going. And, um, you know, there's also that thought, which I'm sure you guys have of like, why not now? Like now is like, nothing kind of frustrates me more when people are like, oh, I've always wanted to go see this place or always wanted to do that. I'm like, well, make an actionable plan. Like maybe if you save up money and you save up this amount for six months, you can do it. Like, like I I traveled a lot after university. I lived abroad and and Mm -hmm. for two, about two years and I had different jobs. So I was a bartender in uh, British Columbia in Canada. I was Mm -hmm. a travel agent in Australia. I wrote um, articles in Tanzania for right to play. But basically like the, the take home for that is that I worked the entire time so that I could do that. So when people said, you know, you're so lucky for going to travel, I was like, do it. Like, just do, do it. it. Like, just go find a crappy job or a cool job oh. or a whatever and live in a super shitty moldy basement in Australia and yeah. just do it as opposed to talking about it. So I always sort of knew, knew that I wouldn't be happy in a, in a normal, I guess, mm-hmm. space, just, just like the two of you. You know, one thing's not enough. To that. It's not enough. And that sounds just like me. Yeah. I'm always like, Chase, they say they want to do it, but do it. Like, yeah. like nothing can uh, not annoy me. It doesn't annoy me, but just take action. That's yeah. my main thing is take action. Start making your, your path to get where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Don't just keep saying, I want to do this. I want to do, do but, it. But I love that about travel because I honestly have a like paradigm in my brain that says, oh, I I can't leave New York. This is where this is where uh, things are happening for us. And if I leave, I'm just like leaving all these opportunities. And I and I do always say I want to travel. And I love I'm just I'm giving you a virtual cheers cheers because I think that's really beautiful. It's like, yeah, just do it. Nike, just do it. I think nice little plug. I think that thinking about I think the biggest um, anyone who has talked to me about ideas that they've had, that's the only thing that I can pinpoint that's stopping them is the overthinking is the like, Mm -hmm. well, what if people think it's stupid or what if I don't have enough, you know, um, know how to ship this from here to here. I'm like, I had no frigging clue how to ship things, but you learn it when you needed to you exactly. And if you (laughs) need to ask people for favors or you need to ask a million questions or you need to Google the shit out of something like you just Mm -hmm. do it. Definitely. So I have a question. At mm-hmm. this point, you have a chemist in Korea. You're working on this, your own line. When did you come up with the adorable name Flawless by Friday? Had that <laughs> always been with it? or it's so catchy. It I just love the name. I'm wondering where you came up with it. I sort of don't remember. Like, I know it was for sure in like a brainstorming session with my sisters. We were all just like, my parents, my parents still live on a farm and my mom's a, like a dog rescuer, breeder. Like we have like 12 dogs at any given time there and she's obsessed with dogs. And so (laughs) I go up there, you know, I live in the city. So I go up there as like my mental holiday sometimes on, on the weekends. Cause Mm -hmm. while the internet's really crappy there, but it's just quiet Mm -hmm. and you can get like a full night's sleep. You guys being from New York, I'm sure you can totally relate to oh, yes. not getting but a night of sleep without <laughs> you need oh, to farm. Be you so nice to have a farm. We're gonna come to you now. That's <laughs> our new vacation home. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And like um so we'd go up there and like me and my sisters were just my sister Kayla specifically, who's a brilliant photographer, we were sort of just spitballing names and so we we said flawless by Friday, because then you know, we wanted something that that made it incredibly obvious 
when you were going to see results by. And I'm really addicted to the concept of saving people time. So we have a line called Flawless in 15, which is a 15-minute treatment as well. Uh, so everything is based on that concept this. of time. And then we kind of just sat on the couch being like, Moisture Monday, Toning Tuesday, Wrinkle Wednesday, and sort of aligning the ingredients with the effects you were going to get for that day. So it was just sort of like a random conversation like two and a half years ago with my sisters and my mom just making mm -hmm. stuff up. Now, are you are – you, do you have – what am I trying to say, Savannah? You said um, <laughs> your sisters help you with ideas. Yeah. Are you pretty much alone with what you're doing right now, or do you have five people working for you? Do you have a whole team of 60? So, Where are you at? So uh, for a long time, it was just it was just me. I had uh, – my sisters all gave input, and my parents were both incredibly involved in terms of, you know, chatting with me about it every day. But about a year ago, I hired my first person, and since then, we've hired 14 people. Um, wow. Congrats. So thanks. Yeah, it's been awesome, and uh, we finally big. got an office. We, we were just working out of my apartment for a long time up until three, four wow. months ago. And um, now we have – I have six full-timers in the office, and they're all – you guys would love this. They're all um, young women in their 20s. Oh. Um, actually, I just had an intern start this week who's 19. And wow, so I guess 19 young to 27, podcast. I'm the, I'm the old girl in the office. And, um, you know what, this is something that I, I'm sure you guys have sort of heard doing what you're doing, which is incredible. These women are insane. Like a, they bust their ass and B, like I was talking to somebody yesterday who has a much bigger, you know, who's been in the entrepreneur game a lot longer than me. And they're like, Oh yeah, it'll cost, you know, $10,000 to do this and whatever. I said, or you could give a 23-year-old a chance who wants the experience and help them build their career at the same time. So, yep. wow. you know, I've yeah. plucked people out of, like, the most, like, jobs that had nothing to do with what they're doing now. I had I hired someone from a, a retailer, and now she creates all the social media content that you see from nothing. And wow. all of a sudden, I just noticed, I'm like, you are freaking brilliant. And so she went from part-time to full-time really quickly. And the same thing has kind of happened. You know, my in-house sort of right-hand bookkeeper, financial mastermind is 24. Wow. Um, and people say, like, you're crazy. They don't have experience. And I'm like, they will work twice as hard. And they're the ones who are growing this company with me because and they care about it more than just a, a nine-to-five job, which makes all the difference. And this whole, like, they don't have the experience. I mean, we see that a lot as actors. They look at your resume before they even see you act. Mm -hmm. And that's really frustrating. So I love that you're one of those people that are saying, well, they have the qualifications. They have the talent. Let's give them one of those resume boosters yeah. just by working for me. And, yeah. and you're giving people that I love them. Sometimes it's bad to admit, but sometimes I let them choose their own titles so that oh, I love you know like or not sometimes I do I'm like what do you think sounds better I'm not like you yeah, are what's for like gut? content what's for creator I'm like you are social media director and oh. content lead like we sort of just like so that, that way like and I also um will also sort of put them in touch with anybody who's looking for the same set of expertise so they can keep building on their resume in their spare time too because for me if they're not getting better every day then it's a waste of my time and it's a waste of their time yeah. And at their age, they should be improving every day, and they are improving every day, and nothing makes me happier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I um, I mean, this is just a side note, but I have to say when I had jobs in college, I think I was a harder worker than I, than I am now <laughs> with side jobs because uh, now my main focus is, like, but, comedy yeah. in this world, whereas, like, in college or high school or when I was – 
younger, it was like that was my focus. Mm-hmm. And I, I do find that the younger you are, the harder you work. Yeah. In my in my opinion, and I still work hard. I just mean now I, I think work you're just, harder. I think you're just harder on yourself now. I'm, hard, I'm harder on myself. I think now. you're definitely harder on yourself now. You didn't used to care, but I think you work just as hard now. I think you're just hard on yourself about planning and stuff. You guys are such cute best friends. And, and by the way, I think that I was thinking about this when I was sort of reading uh, more about everything that you do. Acting is such a brave thing to do and putting yourself out there, especially in, I mean, especially in comedy, but I think in any capacity, because for the majority of people, A, speaking in public is a massive fear. I do it all the time and I'm incredibly afraid of it. And I just think that like, it's, it's something that you literally need to have this like fearlessness within you, even if you're scared that that fearlessness is bigger than that fear. So I find what you guys do so fascinating and that, you know, so I don't know. I was just thinking about that before you, before you go. Thank you. We appreciate that. It's true. It's so nice of you to say. It's so brave. I appreciate that. (laughs) Thank you. We appreciate that. It's a, it's a tricky business. I mean, I, I'm, I'm constantly like, why do I do this? It's so scary. <laughs> and then I'll like have a show and be like, oh yeah, this is why. This is fun. But leading up to shows, I'm always Oh, just, she's a wreck. I'm a wreck. She's a wreck. I really don't know what, what keeps me going. But It's because you're like burying your soul completely to yeah. whoever's watching you. And it's, I mean, the adrenaline of that is incredible. So you probably get off stage. It's like you had like an amazing workout. But before the, the workout, <laughs> you're like, oh my God, like oh this is going to be awful. so intense. Yeah. And I guess because people, it's it's our own work. It's sometimes I guess if I'm in a play, play yeah. it's different because you're this character. But when it's our own words and our own work, they're and judging you, right. not the character. So it gets a little scarier. It's my, wearing your heart on your sleeve, like you said. Yeah, you're, for but, sure. Um, my I, like my aha moment, like that I can pinpoint in that regard was that I decided a couple of years ago, like before I launched the Instagram page or whatever, I was so worried what other people were going to think because a, my face was on the packaging. That was part of the deal when my parents lent me $5,000 to start the company was that I had to be the one to pound the pavement. So my face was on the packaging wow. and I was so worried what people would think. And I had that I was lying in bed one night, just being like, I can't launch this. Like everyone's going to think I'm vain or they're going to think it's a dumb idea or whatever. And I just decided, which is super relevant to, you know, you guys creating your own content as well, which is that your dream has to be more important than your fear of looking like an idiot to somebody else. Yep. This is just a quick reminder that FLU Studios and the Behind Two Blondes podcast are sponsored by Blue Apron, which we are so grateful for. So grateful. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free, including free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash two blondes. That's spelled T-O-O. Can we touch on your Instagram now that it's gorgeous? We've talked about it. Um, Gorgeous. And it's really like you have you have a ton of followers. And I want to know how your Instagram page is that like your main marketing tool? How did this become? uh, How did you become so popular on Insta? I guess that's an easy question. Honestly, (laughs) can attribute it not completely to one person, but. Um, I was, every time I tried to post an Instagram in early days when it was just me, I would post something and then I'd, you know, screenshot it to my sisters and be like, does this sound weird? And they'd always be like, you sound like your mom trying to Instagram and it's so lame, (laughs) like back off. And the first person I ever hired was someone to do social media. Wow. And you know, I hired a girl named Zoe who was brilliant. I have a, a, a woman named Iman right now who does 
all the content. And I honestly, at this point, attribute so much to her because I'll be like, can you, you know, have this image flying behind this person's head? And she's like, yeah, no problem. Or I'll be like, can you create a video where we sort of like ask, you know, women that we find successful and cool five random questions? And she's like, no problem. And she can just, she always says yes. She always does an incredible job. Like I said, like she's 25. Yeah, she's 25. And uh, I'm blown away by her every day. So I can take no credit for the social media whatsoever. (laughs) Sometimes I'll throw out ideas and say, why don't we try this or this? But Mm -hmm. she's the one who implements it. And um, I think that the key for me in that was, okay, so I, I will give myself the credit that I can talk this con- talk about this concept to anybody and get them really excited. But I have to admit to myself where I fall short I and that. find somebody who's better than me in that area. And so Iman is an example of someone who's better than me in that How area. How long um, after you hired a social media person did you see your followers just skyrocket? Or was it a gradual? It took a while. It took a long time, honestly. Like mm-hmm. it, it took... It's not easy to get people excited and to get people to want to look at your content. You really have to be constantly creating new ideas and you also have no idea how people are going to react to them. You might think something's amazing and people might think it's boring Mm -hmm. and um, it's really still everyday trial and error for us. We never know what people are going to get excited about and what they're not. We actually just came to a point um, as two blondes, we were doing a weekly news update and uh, Mm. we got to a point where it just, our views weren't growing and we had to kind of have a real moment where we were like maybe they don't want to see the news anymore maybe people are just tired like we need to look at the views unfortunately and say maybe we need something new now we gotta we might think it's great but it's time for us to start something new try to get viewers a different way or instagram followers so that's smart that you're always um trying something new if it's not working do something else and i think it's yeah and i think it's definitely helpful to be um trying to think of like the person on the other end of the phone looking at it and thinking, okay, what are they benefiting from this? Mm -hmm. So I follow this like hilarious random Instagram called Daquan. And every time I see a post of his, I laugh. So that's what I benefit from Mm -hmm. following his. Or if someone's giving me like a skincare tip or if somebody is, you know, I think about what I benefit from it or sort of what information I get from it. And when you can consistently benefit people on the other end, which is not an easy thing to do, but you know, for instance, you guys are hilarious. So taking news and putting your own hilarious spin on it in your own narrative, that's what people want to see. Yeah. And, and so it's all about being as authentic as possible because people already are coming out to, you know, in your case, see your shows, listen to what you have to say because they love your narrative. So it's like, how do you best transmit that narrative um, mm-hmm. to whoever's looking. And, and we're brainstorming constantly of how to do that. It's super hard. It's so nice to hear, though, that you're not the only ones doing it. You say it takes a long time. And I feel oh, like yeah. that's such great advice for our listeners. I know. I'm picking up so many little Me too. I'm writing nuggets. them down. Oh, that's what you're writing <laughs> like, down. I thought this was for the listener, but it's for us no, today. No, this is for us. We're really learning a lot. Oh, that's so great. I do have a question. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I'm sure it's changed since you started this company. Um, what does the day in your life look like? You just have an office now, so I, mm-hmm. I bet you wake up at 8 a.m. <laughs> yeah, your, I would say your that's day pretty in the life. close. Like, I am like the atypical entrepreneur from most that I start, like most that I speak with because I'm so, I call myself like type B with a type A work ethic. Like I do not have a routine. I try to go to the gym like 
three, four times a week and I go in the morning, I'll get there at like 8.30. I honestly, it sounds really bad, but I usually start work at like 10, 10.30 and oh. then just like I'm working consistently That's kind of so until early. I sort of go to sleep. So do we. I'm worried. But I'm like the last one in my office every day. And I say to them, I'm like, wait till traffic's over. Come in at 10, 10.30. Like, you know, I won't be there, so I won't know. Because they're, so you know, they're getting stuff night. done. Savannah so just looked at ourselves and like gave the look of, I oh, her to be yeah, my boss. we want you as our boss. <laughs> Last week, one of the, a couple of the girls went to like a networking event and I could tell they were hungover. So I said like, meet me at 8.42 at the grocery store and we bought like coconut water and like kombucha and I'm like, we are, we're getting on a call, so start hydrating. And like, we had a call with China, so we had to be here early. And so we're just like sitting there with like five huge like kombucha, coconut water. Replenishing yourself. So you have, when you're in the office, your daily schedule seems to be like calling Korea and Asia and (laughs) what are, what are the tasks you do when you're at work? There's like no method to the, like to the madness here. Like I answer a lot of questions from, you know, whatever the girls are working on. We're also developing a ton of new products right now. So we spend a lot of time working on that in terms of what they're going to look like, what they're going to be, how we're going to make them, you know, really easy to understand and follow. We're also creating like a, a digital like app experience right now. So we work on that a little bit. And honestly, there's not, like, it's just, we're just all like sort of making stuff up all day to continue, um, with sort of the fresh newness of, you know, keeping up and sort of trying to get ahead of the industry. Since but yeah, there's no, there's no day in the life of, it's like, I eat a lot. Always different. I, I, <laughs> yeah. You, you, I mean, we are fortunate enough to get to see your face over Skype, but the listeners uh, can't see you, but I mean, it wouldn't look like you eat a lot. <laughs> You're just gorgeous <laughs> and skinny and perfect. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is like the shopping channel diet of like, I've been, I went on on Tuesday and I'm going on again in, I don't know, 10 days or something. And so I try to eat less salt and sugar when I'm like in the week go- leading up to it because you can really see it on TV. So that's why I'm like, oh, okay, like tip. my chocolate peanut butter smoothie <laughs> is balanced by like water and my milk is switched out for like almond, almond milk, which tastes way worse than normal milk. Oh, By I the like way. almond milk. I, li- oh. that's, I prefer it to regular. Really? Yeah, Savannah likes do you, regular. Do milk. you have the sweet? No, I drink almond milk. Oh, really? I do. Robbie likes regular. Um, do you do the sweetened or unsweetened almond milk? I usually try to do the unsweetened. unsweetened. But it kind of tastes like dust to me. <laughs> it or is. whatever dust might taste Maybe like. it's because I do the vanilla almond milk. That's what I Maybe. do. It's oh, vanilla. Yeah, that's what I have to do. Vanilla, not original. <laughs> do vanilla. <laughs> do the vanilla. What was, oh, okay. What was the scariest moment that you've ever had? Being on TV, testing a product for the first time. Interviewing. Yeah. Um, there's a lot. I'm like scared constantly. Being on TV is really scary. Like, I don't care what anyone says. You're like having to look at three different cameras. And like, I'm such, like, so all over the place that. I found that really scary. It was a little bit easier the second time than the first and whatever. But I think the scariest was the first time I was pitching Hudson's Bay and Lord and Taylor. Um, it was in May and I was playing baseball two days before and I fell and fractured my wrist and was in so much pain that I hadn't slept for the two days. So I walked into this meeting to present to like the top beauty execs for both companies. The Lord and Taylor team from New York was on video chat and then I was in the Hudson's Bay office in Toronto. And I 
was sh- like, I-, I can't even tell you. I like was crying for like two days <laughs> leading up to it being like, this is going to change my life or not. And this is the biggest opportunity and I'm going to blow it. Uh-huh. And I went in with my cat with a fully casted arm and it was just me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they, it's so crazy because they instantly made me feel so comfortable. And Aww. that's what I realize every time that I'm really nervous for something that like, like, for instance, when I watched myself back on TV and in my head, I was so nervous. And when I watched it back, I'm like, I don't even look nervous. So what's the point of spending that energy when oh, it doesn't matter? And it's probably when I mean, you guys perform all the time. So do you, can you relate to that? Oh, yeah. Oh, Chase, I mean, what do you do? I am, I freak out before any performance. <laughs> I go on stage so nervous. I come off saying that was the worst and thing I've ever done. And I think it was the best. I think everything we've done is but the best. But then <laughs> we, we watch it back and it's the same thing. I'm like, oh, you would never know I was Chase nervous. Chase goes, no one was yeah. laughing. I said, everyone was laughing. She's like, no, they weren't. I, I heard it. And I was like, no, I heard everyone laughing. We're very We're opposite. Very opposite we in that way. I think I'm more, I'm way more like Chase in that regard. Like I freak. I freak yeah, out each time. But it's time. true. The audience or like I, if I've watched back a performance, it's like, oh, they wouldn't have known that inside I was, like, freaking out. And my mother's more like Chase. She's very hard on herself. And maybe that's Mm -hmm. why I've taken the opposite, like, oh, it was great. But, like, of course, I'll always constantly keep working on what Mm -hmm. I'm doing. But I feel like life's too short. I wish I was more like that. I wish I was more like that because, like, then, like, for example, like, Chase, when you and I watch things back that we've done, and we're like, "Oh, like that was what great. was all it's the like, worrying well, why for? Why did I waste that energy? That was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Hello. I have a, a question before we wrap up, um, mm-hmm. because you're so inspirational to us. Oh, that's so nice. So inspirational. You really are. Have you received advice that you? Because we're gonna hold a lot of what you've said and take it with us. Have you received any really inspirational advice that you've carried through um, till now? Oh yeah, absolutely. A lot. I have, um, I have quite a few, like, especially women that I turn to who have a lot more experience than I do. Um, one being the senior vice president at uh, Hudson's Bay of all things beauty. And I was showing her this document a few months ago where it said, hopefully, you know, we'll launch here in the fall. And she said to me, never use the word hopefully, Hmm. because if you're not convinced that it's a certainty, no one else will be. I saw that on your Instagram. Yeah, a and, and honestly, a that was super that. helpful. And, I love that. And and I think it's all it's all like that's just an example of a lot of um, advice that I've gotten, which is basically just to sort of like chill out and like believe that I can do it, mm-hmm. um, or at least let people believe that I think I can do it. Yeah, and uh, that yeah, I don't know. I mean, I get advice every single day because I'm constantly seeking it. And I think that when you get advice from somebody who's clearly an expert in a specific area, whether it's shipping, entrepreneurship, you know, retail, whatever it is, like you really have to listen to that and take that in and, uh, you know, do your, do it in your own way, mm-hmm. I guess, if that makes That's any sense. That's beautiful. <laughs> I, I heard a similar thing from, um, this girl is on fire. Why can't Alicia Keys? Thank you. That's so bad. Of course, Alicia Keys. She said uh, something that she used to say: "If this happens, if this happens," and someone told her, "No, when this happens, never Mm -hmm. use the word if." I love that. And she has taken if out of her vocabulary. And it's part of your manifesting. Chase and I started with Chase. She does vision boards. So many vision boards. So many vision boards. And like we wrote little (laughs) notes to ourselves. I have it every day. I walk out the door of like, you're going to be on this, this, like this year, you're going to make this much money. Um, And And just being confident in in what's going to happen. What you think is going to happen. Because it's going to happen. 
Mm-hmm. But it's oh, I feel like it's a real tragedy to like want something and not whether it's starting with a vision board, not take actionable steps to try mm-hmm. and achieve it. Yeah, I think like that is what makes me sadder than anything is talking to somebody who has a dream or a passion and Isn't. has yet to start taking that first step of putting it on paper and looking at it. And mm-hmm. and that's how my business started was I opened a PowerPoint and basically made a vision board and a PowerPoint presentation and went from there. And so I'm totally, I'm totally with you on that one, Chase. Like I, you know, you have to sort of yes. visualize it as cheesy as it sounds. I don't care. It, I don't care if it's cheesy. It's true. <laughs> it works too. I mean, yeah. I mean, we'll look at 2016 and go, Oh, this six happened. out of eight things we accomplished, and yeah. the other t- the other two will be in 2017. <laughs> the other two will be this year. They will. Oh. Um, if you want to hear more from her, she's absolutely amazing. Brittany Robbins. Her Instagram is at Flawless by Friday. At Britt Robbins, if you just want to follow her personally, I'm, I follow her now, and she's so inspiring. Um, her Twitter is Flawless by Friday. Her Facebook, Flawless by Friday. Oh, such good marketing all the such same. Such good marketing all the same. Um, and um, you have a podcast as well. Yes. I Well, I was, I've was i been on two so far, and I, I love them because you get to also learn about the people that you're speaking to. Mm-hmm. Like when two women are trying to lift up other young, like, you know, self-starters, that's that's pretty cool that that's what you've chosen to do as oh, one of us. your passion projects. Thank you. I'm referring to both of the oh, two of you. You were like, oh, that sounds like us. Thank you. Thank you. But you, and have, you to- have to join our sort of league. We just um, have started up this league called Epicube, which is Founding Fearless Females. And it's basically um, a page on our website that's launching next week where we do mini bios of like incredible, you know, mostly millennial women whether it's photography, acting, uh, digital marketing, oh, whatever it is, so that it's a really easy that. way to yeah. connect with whatever skill set you're looking for help in or advice mm-hmm. with. Oh, that's oh, incredible. That. We'll join so that. We'll make sure that you guys are, are on there. We'd love that. Thank you for brunching with us today. Yeah, thank, thank you for you. for having me. You're so fabulous. I mean, I want to <laughs> I want to have you back because I feel like I I even have like a hundred more questions for you. So, but now we're friends, so we can just call her. Call now me we can anytime. just call you anytime. <laughs> Should we? give your number to our listeners just no (laughs) that's our show and now we're saying so long tune in next time on behind two blondes the behind two blondes podcast is brought to you by fou studios and recorded at face off unlimited headquarters in astoria queens The show was created and written by Chase O'Donnell and Savannah Brown. This episode was produced and edited by Chase O'Donnell and Jeffrey Shimmer. Executive producers are Joe Tex, Jay Painter, and Eric Robinson. FOU Studios is a property of Face Off Unlimited, LLC. I'm Brian Walters, the senior producer here, and on behalf of everybody who worked on this show, we'd like to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in. Subscribe to catch all of our other podcasts here on the FOU Studios Podcast Network. To learn more, connect with us via social media at FOU Studios and visit us at foustudios.com. Boom! Boom.